Children of the Empire, Part 2, by D. G. Laderoot. Read by Houston Miller. As he and Dairu entered the dojo in the imperial training grounds and pulled off their snowy cloaks, Daisetsu could scarcely believe he was even here. Several times he'd tried to get Dairu to listen to reason, but the young scorpion merely shook his head. You were challenged, Daisetsu-sama, he'd replied. The challenge must be answered. His flat and unshakable certainty only made Daisetsu marvel even more at the absurdity of it all. It took a moment for Daisetsu's eyes to adjust from Lady Sun's late afternoon brightness to the cavernous gloom of the dojo. When they finally did, he stopped short. Satori was here, standing apart from another group of people gathered near one of the sparring circles marked on the floor. Daisetsu recognized the armored bulk of Seppun honor guards and the crests of several Otomo and Mia courtiers. The Emerald Champion, Doji Satsume, stood with them, his face its usual study and severity. But it was the figure around whom they'd all clustered that drew his immediate attention. His father, the Emperor, was here. Relief flooded him. Someone had learned of what happened and informed their father. Finally, this nonsense would be laid to rest. Their father would put a stop to the foolishness between his sons, no doubt admonishing them for carrying on so... Embarrassing, but no more embarrassing than this whole unseemly display. Daisetsu-san, the emperor said. Step forward. Daisetsu obeyed, then bowed, suppressing a sigh as he did. So, it begins. Hopefully father will not be too harsh. It is my understanding that you and Sotori-san are to engage in a duel over a matter of insult. It is my further understanding that Bayushi Dairu-san is to stand as your champion. Daisetsu glanced at Satori, then nodded. My apologies, your majesty, for wasting your time in such a way. It is not your place to apologize, the emperor cut in, unless the heavens ordain it so. Daisetsu stared at the emperor. Unless the heavens? Is he going to let this foolishness proceed? Ordinarily, your majesty, Doji Satsumi said. Samurai would draw steel to settle such a matter but none of them have yet passed their genpuku, so they are not entitled to wield the katana. The wooden boken must suffice. Daisetsu's stare edged towards an unconcealed gape. Father, you can't be serious. Regardless, Sotori and Dairu were both profoundly serious as they each took up a boken and stepped into the sparring circle. Satsume himself acted as educator, naming the alleged transgression, an insult unforgivable in its substance and beseeching the heavens to administer justice, guiding the hands of the one of the combatants to righteous victory by a blow to his opponent's torso. This was, perhaps, as benign as a duel could possibly be, but it was the fact of it occurring at all that left Daisetsu stunned. He had felt he was upon a runaway horse. Now, it had long since reared and thrown him into a persistent dream that clung like cobwebs, both real and unreal at once. As the Emerald Champion exited the circle, Daisetsu looked at his father. No, surely he will stop this. He means only to teach us all a lesson for pretending to be samurai. He won't allow Satori to strike at Dairu. 
allow him to be humiliated, even hurt, just because my brother is an obstinate fool. But the emperor's solemn attention remained on Dairu and Satori, as did that of his retinue. All watched what was about to happen as though it was something monumentous, and not just a petty squabble between brothers. Because he was looking at the emperor, Daisetsu almost missed it. Dairu and Satori were motionless, their boken held at the ready, then an eruption of war cries, a blare of movement, a sharp yelp of pain. Satori stumbled past Dairu, clutching at his side. Dairu, also in motion, turned, stopped, and faced Satori. He waited for the young Hansai to bow his acceptance of defeat, to be followed by an apology. And Satori did turn and face Dairu, but he offered no bow. Instead, he snarled and swung the boken at the scorpion's head. Dairu barely ducked in time, the stout wooden practice sword whistling past his ear. Dairu immediately backpedaled and raised his own boken. Satori closed in, growling and swinging again and again, hard enough that if any of his wild swings were to connect, Dairu would certainly suffer severe injury. Gasps and exclamations rose from the emperor's retinue, but Dairu found himself already in motion, his shock and horror at his brother's attack trailing his own body's desire to act. In a few steps, he had reached Satori and grabbed his arm, pulling it, trying to stop him from swinging again. Satori, no! But Satori was stronger and charged with fury. He yanked free, turning, and hefted the boken. Daisetsu meant to dodge back, but his balance and momentum were all wrong. He would just stumble, then the boken would slam down on his exposed head. Something massive shoved in front of him. Daisetsu saw the intricate lacing of lacquered armor and realized it was one of the honor guard. He heard Satori shout, No! But the guard just stood his ground, an impassive wall of determination and armor. A frozen moment as Sotori simply stood, confronting the unyielding Sepun. Daisetsu seized on the reprieve to glance at Dairu. The scorpion stood in a defensive crouch nearby, a stunned look on his face, but with no apparent injuries otherwise. The emperor ended the sudden silence. Sotori-san, that is enough! Sotori's eyes leapt from one of the spectators to another. Another. Finally, he flung the boken away and ran from the dojo a lone figure quickly lost in Lady Sun's brilliance beyond the door. The Emperor finally said, I believe we are done here, and left without another word, his retinue trailing behind him. Satsume appeared as impassive as ever, but Daisetsu saw the looks exchanged among the other retainers. None of them would breathe a word of the horrible thing that had transpired here, of course, nor would any of them forget it. Still gripping the boken, Dairu stepped beside Daisetsu. Are you all right, Hante-sama? Daisetsu looked at his friend and gave him a tired nod. Yes, I am fine. He started to turn away, but stopped. Thank you, Dairu-san, for standing as my champion. I was honored to do, Daisetsu-sama. Of course you were, and that is why today went so very wrong. Today, of course, Jodan said, I can only surmise what transpired between Sotori, Daisetsu, and your son before they arrived in the dojo, based on what each of my sons described. Even then, while they agree on the essential facts of the matter, the interpretations of them are quite different. Shoju offered a rare laugh. As always, Jodan found it off-putting. The Scorpion Clan champion no doubt reserved his laughter for that very effect, 
yet another social weapon in the Bayushi Lord's formidable arsenal. Certainly it wasn't intended that way this time. That amuses you, Shoju-san? In a way, Shoju said. It speaks to the belief that there is only one world, the one we inhabit. But in reality, there are as many worlds as there are people, each true to them. And then there is one more, that of the objective truth. Jodan lifted an eyebrow. So no one is able to see the world the way it truly is? If such a person exists, your majesty, they would be exceptional. Shoju looked into the garden. Perhaps that is what enlightenment is, the ability to see the truth in everything, to see what things actually are, rather than what we believe or want them to be. Jodan found himself shifting uncomfortably at Shoju's words. What is true? Can we even know? I face these questions every day. He made his tone as light-hearted as he could, though. Save your forays into philosophy for another time, my friend. You are not ready to shave your head and retire into a monastery just yet. Another laugh from Shoju, but this time it was quiet and brief. I suspect that such a quiet retirement is not to be my fate. He looked back from the garden and once more shrugged his lopsided shrug. In any case, philosophy is just that. Philosophy. Perhaps the objective truth of things does not really matter. What does is our own personal truths about the world, as they are the ones we must live with. He gave Jodan a keen look from behind his mask. Those, and the truths of our superiors, which are, of course, more correct. Which means your truths about the world are the most correct of all, your majesty. Jodan looked at the ghost stone again. There was a time when I believed that, he said, when I was young and idealistic. I believed that I not only understood the world, I understood it better than anyone else. Such belief is essential if one is going to lead an empire. He looked back on Shoju. I am no longer so certain of that. Age is believed to bring wisdom. It may, but it also brings doubt. If, as you say, my truths are the most correct, and even I begin to doubt them, then is it not right for me to step down from the throne? To have someone upon it who genuinely believes their truths are the correct ones? I have little doubt Sotori believes that very thing, yet you choose to not elevate him in your place. Jodan sighed. When I spoke to the Emerald Champion about this, I said that there was a darkness in Sotori. By Emerald Champion, he meant Okoto Totori, but that made him think of Totori's predecessor, Doji Satsume. Satsume always managed to offer advice that somehow managed to incorporate the idealism of Bushido while being usefully pragmatic. What would he have said to all of this? I miss you, Satsume, my old friend. Shoju's voice brought him back to the present. All people were born from the union of Lady Sun's tears and Lord Moon's blood, your majesty. The latter is the embodiment of darkness and sin, and it exists in all of us. Jodan waved a hand. This is different. Sotori... He paused, seeking a path forward for his words. He finally settled on what was in his heart. On one of the few truths of which he did remain certain. He worries me, Shoju-san. Ever since he was a young child, I had noted his tendency to be willful, even cruel. But children are often such, and as they mature, leave such unpleasant traits behind. 
As he spoke, Jodan recalled Okoto Totori's words, when he had first told this new Emerald Champion of his intent to abdicate and upend his succession. He is young, Totori had said. And the young are given to passion, often at the expense of more considered and thoughtful words and deeds. Learning the wisdom to put aside passion is very much part of maturing. That did not seem to be the case with Sotori. Whatever his truths were, they seemed as dark as he was. It finally became clear in the dojo, Jodan finally said, when he dueled your son. None of the things that should have constrained that darkness, whether the part of him that was born from Lord Moon or something else entirely, did so. Not Bushido, not even his own sense of honor. Jodan no longer saw Shoju, the go-board, nor its stones, even the gardens. He saw only Satori, after being defeated by Dairu. It was so clear, on his face, in his eyes, an intensity to his anger and frustration, like looking into an open forge. It was hatred. Hatred that fueled and then unleashed violence. Left unchecked, he would have killed Dairu. Killed him. He is not fit to rule this empire, Jodan finally said. If he tries to do so, he will bring nothing but ruin to Rokugan. Shoju nodded, but said, He will not take this removal from the succession easily or well. Jodan tried to dismiss the lingering image of Satori in the dojo, but his son's face, twisted in an almost primal rage, persisted in his mind's eye. And when Daisetsu had grabbed his arm to intervene and save Dairu, that fury had only deepened. He would have killed Daisetsu, too. Jodan slowly shook his head. No, Shoju-san. He will not. Six months ago. Hantai Sotori waved aside the scorpion bushi and strode into the scorpion guesthouse, his seppun honor guard escorts remaining outside. The scorpion turned as he did, the man's eyes following Sotori with a confused mix of surprise, shock, deference, and uncertainty. He had no doubt the man had been given strict instructions to disallow anyone from entering who didn't clearly have legitimate business with his clan, but Sotori was the crown prince of Rokugan. He was invited to every place, and his business was always legitimate. Satori passed along the entry hall, into an audience chamber. Servants bustled about, arranging cushions and laying out a tea service, preparing the room to receive... someone. As he burst in, they all looked up like startled birds, then scattered to the margins of the room, dropping and pressing their foreheads to the floor. As he shed his snowy cloak and wet sandals, Satori pointed at one of them. I am looking for my esteemed brother. I have been told he is here. Take me to him. The servant, a middle-aged man, just stared at the floor. Satori gritted his teeth, ready to lash out, but it struck him that the man might simply not know who he was talking about. He was, after all, a mere servant. He will be with Bayushi Dairu-san, Satori said. Surely you know who that is. Now, if he keeps up that dumbly insolent stare, then by honored ancestors I will have him flogged. However, the servant bowed and started for a door. Satori followed. The servant led him along several corridors and through several rooms, all decorated in the reserved and somehow foreboding way of the scorpion. They finally reached a door where the servant stopped, apparently to request entry. Satori snapped. Out of my way, you fool! And shoved past him, sliding open the door and pushing into the room. 
scrolls, racks and racks of them, a library. Satori carried on, the servant now scurrying along behind him, passing among the racks and through the dusty smell of old paper, stopping at the sight of Daisetsu and Dairu kneeling at a table piled with yet more scrolls. They turned as he entered. Their looks are scornful, contemptuous even. Satori made himself ignore it. I had thought, brother, that you were to practice your calligraphy today. Daisetsu gave a dismissive shrug. I did, brother, and now that is done, and I am here. But I wanted us to practice together. I need you to help me with the Enso, the Circle of Enlightenment, which you draw so much better than I do. Satori pushed that thought away, too. It no longer mattered, because here Daisetsu was doing... He looked at the piled scrolls on the table. Here doing what, exactly? Daisetsu impassively placed his hands on his knees, but otherwise ignored his brother. You just want me to go away, don't you? Dairu waved away the servant. Hantai-sama, your esteemed brother and I are engaged in a contest of wits. We each pose a question to the other based on the great literature of the Empire. Whoever answers the most correctly will be the victor. Despite himself, Satori was intrigued. Why? What is the point? Dairu said, The point is to... And then trailed off, looking at Daisetsu in a way that said, He isn't very smart, is he? Daisetsu sighed. The point is to simply challenge each other, and ourselves at the same time. It did sound interesting, he nodded. Fine, I will take part as well. Daisetsu said nothing and just stared at the scrolls before him. He may have sighed again. Something inside Sotori began to crumble. You don't want me to participate, do you? Why not? Dairu finally broke the silence. Very well, Hantai-sama, he said with a resigned weariness. The contest is quite simple. We... No, Daisetsu said. Sotori looked at his brother, who now looked back with an impatient contempt hardening his eyes. No, Daisetsu said again. We can hold another contest, at another time. This one is between Dairu-san and me, and is nearly done. That something crumpled even more. He was, indeed, being rejected. Again. Is it because I am to be the emperor someday? Is that why you resent me and want nothing to do with me? But that is unfair. Even an emperor needs friends. Satori had stepped closer to the table without even realizing it. It would be so easy for him to join them in their contest. He could sit down and choose a book and... But they didn't want him to. They just wanted him to go away. You can hold another contest now, he said, hoping he didn't sound like he was pleading. Just start this one over again. Please. But Daisetsu shook his head. No. Anger began leaking from that crumpled something. Hot, dark tendrils of it tightened his muscles, made his heart pound, his breath rasp in his chest. Why won't you ever let me be a part of anything? Words abruptly bubbled up Satori's throat, flung themselves from his mouth. How dare you refuse me? I demand... I do not care what you demand. Daisetsu snarled, leaping to his feet. You are being rude, brother. You are a guest in this place. It is not your place to demand anything. Satori gave up trying to hold back his hurtful anger. You presume to call me rude? You're the one, brother, refusing to allow me to join in your foolish little game. As for being a mere guest, have you forgotten I am the heir to the throne? 
Any place in Rokugan would be honored to have me in attendance. He looked at Dairu. Isn't that right, Dairu-san? Please, Dairu. You understand, don't you? The young scorpion looked up from the table. Of course, Hantai-sama. Your presence here is... is indeed an honor. As soon as he'd finished speaking, Dairu's eyes flicked away again, but not so quickly that Sotori couldn't see the impatience in them, the desire for him to just be gone. Daisetsu shared a look with Dairu that said everything that needed to be said. Then he turned back to Satori, his expression now just exasperated disdain. Dairu-san says only what he thinks you wish to hear. You honor no one with your presence, Satori. You are an obnoxious fool, believing that just because your rear will someday fill the throne, that everyone must dance to your insufferable demands. He shook his head. No, brother, not this time. You are not welcome here. So go, now, and leave us alone. The words struck like a blow and fury pulled in the wound. Everything around him seemed to go deathly still. Fine, if this is how it shall be. You have gone too far, brother, he finally said. You have insulted me, and by insulting me, you insult the celestial heavens themselves. So I... I challenge you to a duel, so that the heavens can render proper judgment upon you in turn. Daisetsu sniffled. Don't be ridiculous, brother. I am not going to duel you. So you would deny me even that? The opportunity to redress this wrong? Do you really hate me so much, brother? So you admit that you have wronged me, Satori said. Or are you simply a coward, unwilling to back up your words with steel, as sincerity and honor demand? Daisetsu smirked. He even seemed about to laugh. He turned as though to share his laughter with Dairu. But Dairu spoke first, his voice flat. I agree that you are an honored guest, Hantai Sotori-sama, but your behavior has been... it has been inappropriate. I must object to it on behalf of my clan, whose hospitality you currently enjoy. Therefore, I... I accept your challenge on behalf of Hantai Daisetsu-sama, and I will stand as his champion in this matter. Daisetsu glanced at the scorpion. Dairu-san, no, this is not necessary. Yes, Hantai-sama. Dairu replied, It is. An honorable challenge has been issued. It must be answered. Since we have both had our honor called into question, I will answer it for both of us. Satori swallowed and blinked. Dairu had made his loyalty painfully clear. But crying about it, whether out of frustration, misery, or some mix of the two, would be the epitome of humiliation. So he focused on his anger instead, using it as a sort of armor against this... betrayal because that's what it was. It was betrayal. Fine. If you wish for the heavens to judge you as well, Dairu-san, he said, so be it. Satori found brief satisfaction in the way his brother's expression finally changed from bemused contempt to one of worry and doubt. He wondered if Daisetsu might now back down, changing his mind and inviting Satori to be part of their contest after all. It was too late for that. Very well, then, Satori said. I shall meet you at the dojo in the Imperial Training Grounds in one hour. Before either of them could say anything else, he offered a perfunctory bow, turned his back on them, and left. An older man bearing a Shoshiro Mon on his kimono intercepted him on his way out. Sotori recognized him as Bayushi Kachiko's chief retainer. He thought his name might be Takeru. As the Shoshiro bowed, he said, A thousand pardons, Hante-sama. I was just informed you were here. 
Satori just waved the man away and continued into the Forbidden City, his Seppoon escorts falling in behind him. Finally, he reached a remote but familiar place in the Imperial Gardens, a place where he often sat alone. He waved off the Seppoon, leaving them to stand a discreet distance away. He didn't want them, or anyone else, to see him finally cry. <laughs>